Hello, everybody. Today, I am here to tell you about a movie that I just watched uh, that is out in theaters now called Wonka. So the basic premise of this is this is a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm going with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original movie, not the one that not the remake because they brought in music from that original one. So it is a prequel to that movie version, is what I think, um, just based on the music and stuff that was used and the look of things. So it is a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory about Willy Wonka and how he started up his chocolate factory and that sort of thing. And overall, my spoiler-free review piece is that it was cute. For the most part, I have one specific gripe with it, which I will get into in a little bit. But other than that one specific gripe, I think it was a cute movie. There's a bunch of music in it that is very cute. Um, there's a payoff at the end where they have that um, Imagine song from the original movie that comes back. They have some Oompa Loompa songs that come back from the, with the tune from the original movie. And I love those callbacks. And so, yeah, overall, super cute movie. And warning that basically from here on out, it is a spoiler review. I will be talking about the whole movie if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled. This is your um, invitation to get out because here we go. So the movie in general is starts with Willy Wonka coming back to, I'm not sure where, some big city in Europe, I would assume. A lot of people have on British accents, but not everybody. So London-esque, maybe? Unclear. But it's a city and he's coming back to it and he gets off this ship um, where he's been traveling the world, apparently learning about chocolate and getting exotic chocolate and exotic ingredients for his chocolate and la la la. Um, and he has this whole song about how he has 12 cents, although he doesn't use cents. Maybe this gives us a type of currency that tells me where this is supposed to be taking place but he's got 12 coins in his pocket and by the end of the song he has no money in his pocket um he ends up spending it all throughout the day on mostly seemingly getting tricked out of his money because he is super duper naive and says he we'll find out later he says that he you know depends on the friendliness and the of strangers and you know it's gotten him this far. But unfortunately for Mr. Wonka, he ends up sitting on a bench, you know, about to spend the night in the freezing cold when this guy comes by and acts all friendly and says he's got a cheap place for him to spend the night. And so he goes and they're very friendly. They give him some alcohol. They let him warm himself by the fire. And then they say that he can have a room for the night and they make him sign a contract. And you see this little girl tell him, read the fine print. And he pulls out the contract with all this language in it and um, ends up signing it anyway. Though as the watcher, you know that something bad is going to come from this contract. She shows the lady shows him to the room. It's not particularly nice, but it's fine. He spends the night 
And then the next day he goes out to sell his chocolate and he does a really good job. But we find out that there's this like conglomerate that is in control of the police and the government of basically a chocolate mafia of the other three chocolatiers that rule the world with their chocolate. And they call the cops and have the cops come and confiscate all of his earnings. One cop takes sort of pity on him and gives him, I want to say a shilling, which is that British currency? I don't even know. Um, but the, he gives him a coin, which is how much he was supposed to owe for the room the night before. And so he gets it. He goes back to the like boarding house thing that he had taken the room in and says, here you go. Here's what I owe you for last night. And that is when he finds out that that contract, all that fine print that he didn't read was basically upcharging him on every little thing, including the alcohol they gave him, warming himself by the fires and upcharge using the soap by the sink was an upcharge. He's charged per stair for using the stairs to go up to his room, like every little thing. So he owes like 10,000 shillings or I think that's what they were using. I don't know. Um, whatever the currency is, he owes 10,000 of it to get out. And um, he obviously doesn't have that because he thought he was paying one for the night and not 10,000. And so the contract says that he then has to work it off instead. And so they own a like laundromat where they do sort of industrial laundry of sheets and things for people. And he has to go work that for 27 years to pay off his debt. And he's now an indentured servant, slave, slash slave person. And he goes down there and he meets the other slaves and finds out that that little girl is also basically a slave to the people who run the laundry and that the contract apparently is really good. And even if you're able to escape, the police will just capture you and bring you back. And she'll add that time you were away to your bill that you owe her um, because the contract you signed is apparently airtight and you can't get out of it. You owe her the money somehow. And so you have to work it off. And so Wonka spends the day working in the shop and the little girl is there because she was dropped off on the doorstep and they, the lady who runs the laundromat took her in, but then, you know, presented her with the bill and she has to work for her also for all the time that the lady took care of her when she was a baby. So they're all basically indentured servants working for this lady, working in the laundry, blah, blah, blah. So Wonka uses his sort of magic. He has basically a magic hat and a magic box that he can make chocolate out of. Um, and he makes some special magic chocolate for the little girl to help her see the silver lining and things. And they come up with this plan of how they're going to go. They're going to sneak out of the laundry and sell chocolate and earn the money to get everybody to get themselves out, to buy out their contracts. Um, so that is the plan. And the next day at the laundry, Wonka is able to set up this sort of laundry machine because they were doing all the laundry by hand. But he sets it up so it's a machine where basically the dog walking on a treadmill is running the machine. And the dog is owned by the laundry people who's supposed to, and the dog is supposed to be mean and like kind of guarding them. But they have the dog on the treadmill running the machines and the dog seems pretty happy about it. So go them. 
and they were able to get all their laundry done. And so Wonka sets that up so that he won't be missed. Um, his labor won't be missed so that he can sneak out and he sneaks out in the little girl. Her job is to go around and like deliver the laundry and pick up laundry and stuff. So he like a, like the thing from Annie where she sneaks out in the bag. That's how he sneaks out in the laundry bag. Um, and they also do this thing where they convince the lady who runs the laundromat, that the guy who was there, who they know loves her, but she doesn't really into him. They convince her that he is an aristocrat from Bul Bulgaria. Um, Bulgaria? I don't know how. And uh, get him to wear lederhosen so he looks like he's from there or something. And so... They have this weird love affair about after that. And so that's how she's distracted and doesn't notice that this stuff is happening. So anyway, he sneaks out. He tries to sell his chocolate. But again, gets thwarted by the cops and the chocolate mafia trying to keep him down. Um, and eventually he ends up having to get in the rest of the, guy, the, the gang that work in the laundromat to help him try to set up this whole scheme so that he can sell his chocolate and then run away real quick before the cops catch him. Um, and you're also seeing from the other side, the three chocolate magnets who sort of control the town together. They have this whole secret vault under the cathedral in the city where they've got chocolate addicted monks guarding it and like running, like, I don't know, keeping it safe for them. And they have their crooked books down there, too. And they have a hoard of chocolate down there that they are using. So they are, like, watering down the chocolate that they sell to everybody and saving the rest down below, which they then use that chocolate to um, bribe city officials and the police and all of that. And that brings me to my one big gripe with the movie, the thing that I really did not like that I thought was... Just too lowbrow and wrong, in my opinion. And that is that they have the chief of police who they are bribing, which is fine. And they bribe him with chocolate, which is also fine. But they have this running gag where every time you see him, he's a little bit bigger and they have him in like this fat suit. And like they have all these sorts of fat gags where he like kneels down one time and gets stuck and has to be helped up. And then like at the end of the movie, he gets stuck in his car and says his car is shrunk and he that's why he can't get out the door and all of this and just like these running gags of fat jokes and i really really dislike that humor and it really brought me out of the movie and i thought it was inappropriate and wrong to have that kind of humor in a kid's movie i'll be honest um so this might be me getting on my soapbox a little bit but i really hate fat jokes and fat shaming and that kind of humor I don't find it funny and I find it to be harmful um it's one of those things where it is still generally socially acceptable to be mean to fat people um and I find that to be very problematic so taking a step away from Wonka for a minute I'm gonna get on my little soapbox about fat shaming so a little bit about me. I am someone who has been overweight my entire life based on the BMI scale and what people would say with that. I am currently only about 10, 15 pounds heavier than I was in high school. 
Um, so it's not like I have continued to grow larger, I suppose. But I've always been a large person. I am in, I'm a size 18, 20 in clothing in America, um, which honestly is average sized of American women these days, but is considered plus size on the small end of plus size, I suppose. I don't know. I'm just trying to explain what an 1820 size would be. Um, but I've been that size in clothing, you know, for forever. I've clothes from high school. I still fit in. I've always been that size, really. I fluctuated a little bit, but nothing too crazy out of that, honestly. I've always, I've standard been about that size most of my life. Um, and I don't, and I do have, I think, probably some trauma-ish from people fat shaming me, include mostly from medical professionals, if I'm honest, um, saying that, you know, it's unhealthy and you need to lose weight and blah, blah, blah. And I've been on all sorts of diets. And so I guess it's a lie that I haven't been different weights. I have been, I have weighed less than I do now, but it's always been from crash diets. I've always gained the weight back and then some, um, so it's actually a really impressive that I'm back down to my high school weight because I have been I have been heavier than this and I've had to lose weight and I've done that going in. Nothing has ever worked long term for me in the past. I've gone on crazy diets, including things run by my health insurance company, which I now consider to be um, very unhealthy and something I shouldn't have done, but... I did. It was, they put me on a crash diet of 800 calories a day of liquid diet only. And it was crazy. And I can't believe I did it, but I mean, it worked. I lost weight, but I mean, I put it all right back on as soon as I started eating again, because that's what happens. And the only thing that has worked sort of the reason I'm back down to the weight I am now is because I started doing, um, sort of un, an undiet, a non-diet, um, natural eating where you like start to listen to your body and your own hunger cues and things with the idea that we've spent so much time messing with our hunger cues that they don't work anymore and you don't know when you're hungry or you're full because your body really isn't able to tell you. And so really learning to listen to your body's cues and when you're hungry, eat, when you're not hungry, don't eat, or when you're not hungry anymore, stop eating, um, which is something that was really hard for me. I grew up in that like clean your plate club sort of thing where I know you have to finish everything you get. And I've learned that I am a very bad judge of how much food I need to feel full. I overpack my plate most of the time. I think I need that much food when I do not. Anyway, it was, it's been a very long struggle for me, um, but really working on listening to my body's cues and coming to an equilibrium, I have come back to the weight I was originally. After all of that, after a lot of work, I've gotten back to my weight that I was back in high school. And I have struggled a lot with it through the years, up and down from that weight. And I feel like I'm probably coming to my equilibrium at the weight I was in high school, which still makes me a size 18. Eh, 16, 18-ish. And I have at this point a lot of resentment, I think, towards the medical community, which had told me my entire life that I needed to lose weight and to work on this and to like struggle and focus on it. And I've wasted so much time doing that when 
after all of that, I ended up back at the same gosh darn weight that I was to start with. And yeah, I'm still, I'm a little bitter. But anyway, my point from that is I am personally involved in this. I am someone who's been called fat. I would consider myself a fat person. And I think fat stigma is a really bad thing. I think making fun of fat people and having them be the butt of jokes is a very bad thing. I think that it is something that contributes to hate and making people feel bad about themselves and contributes to the problem because when you are dealing with this issue and you're feeling horrible and low, what do you do but go home and eat some more? Um, and it's just the thing out in society that people who are fat are just fat because they are lazy and overeating and slobbish or whatever is is not good in society and this movie helps to perpetuate that image that this evil cop is getting fat because he's evil and lazy and bad and that is problematic and wrong and contributing to fat phobia and I, I very viscerally disliked it. Um, and I wish that that particular humor was not in this movie. Because beyond that specific character and the specific quote-unquote humor they used around him, I really enjoyed the rest of the movie. And I really wish I was able to come out of it with this like, oh my gosh, it was amazing and I loved it. Um, view of the movie. And... And a lot of things were, and I did. And yet when I left the movie theater, what I was thinking about was this constable and how much I hated him and that, and that representation that they used. And it really bothered me every time he was on screen, every time they made more of those fat jokes. And it was an ongoing gag that kept coming up. And to me, felt like it was on the screen all the freaking time. And it was horrifying and horrible. And I hated it. And... It makes me very sad because, like I said, other than that, it could have been a really good movie. But I don't know that I would recommend letting, like, having kids watch it on the big, in a big scale because of those scenes. Because I think it is really not helpful to train our kids to be fat phobic and to be laughing at fat people because they are, like, the butt of the joke. I, I find that to be inherently unhelpful and, um... So I really, really dislike that they added those jokes in. I didn't find them to be funny. They didn't add anything to the movie, in my opinion. Um, there's no reason that they needed to be in there. They could have had all the same things with this constable being bribed with chocolates without the fat jokes. You wouldn't. You didn't need him to be like ballooning up into crazy weights and like gaining 150 pounds in a week. Um, I think maybe two weeks or something like he said. There's no reason that needed to be in there at all. They could have continued the bribing thing and had him have a sweet tooth and all of that without, without him ballooning up in weight. Especially because you have other characters in the movie that are eating chocolate constantly. And that's what his thing was supposed to be, right? He's being bribed with chocolate and that's why he's gaining weight so much because he's eating so much chocolate. You have other characters in the movie that are eating chocolate like that too. And you don't see them ballooning up in weight like that. So it's very odd that they chose this one character to do that with. When everybody in the movie is, like, eating a ridiculous amount of chocolate. Um, 
yeah, so that is my major gripe with the movie. I really, really dislike what they did with the Constable character and with the fat jokes. And I wish that wasn't there. But um, I'm going to try to move on from that. But just know all the positive things I'm going to say or have said about the movie beyond that. The Constable and the fat jokes hugely problematic and I am still in doubt of whether it ruined the movie for me or not if I'm on if I'm honest because because it's bad it was it was real bad and it was a lot and it wasn't one fat joke it was a lot and I really really disliked that specific part of the movie All right, so we're going to move on from that because I don't need to talk about that for forever, but just know that that is always there and a problem about this movie. So moving on, they are the three chocolate magnets are, you know, hoarding chocolate under the cathedral. The monks are guarding the chocolate and their books, and they are using their chocolate to bribe public officials, including this constable who is then having the police chase after Willy Wonka and his chocolatiers, his gang. And there's a thing where they're like, the other cops are like, shouldn't we be going out, like looking into all the unsolved murders? And he's like, no, this takes precedence, which was a funny gag um, that he was so into finding, dealing with the Willy Wonka situation. But anyway, with his help, with the help of the gang from the laundromat, they're doing a good job. They end up being able to rent out a space for their shop. And they set it up and it's amazing. And they have this really cool song about setting up, you know, having their be their home now and how great it is. And everything's coming up roses. It looks fabulous, except for um, the chocolatiers have managed to poison the chocolate with this thing that, like, makes your skin and hair change color and makes you grow a bunch of hair and, like... It's a funny gag. Every The chocolate's poisoned. And um, so then there's basically a riot that destroys the shop and they lose everything. And it is very sad. And the chocolatiers come and like gloat to him in the ruined shop. And then they bribe him some more. They bribe him with money that they will pay off his debt and everybody else's debt, including Noodle, the little girl, if they if he you know leaves and vows never to make chocolate again. And so he agrees and he ends up on this ship that they sent, they buy him a ticket for and he's off going. Um, and something I haven't talked about yet is the Oompa Loompa, which I love. It's, I think his name's Hugh Grant, um, is the Oompa Loompa who is following him around. Um, and he finds out throughout, he's talked about this guy. He doesn't know he's an Oompa Loompa at first, but the little orange man has been stealing his chocolate for years. And he ends up eventually catching him and being able to talk to him. And then Blue Bud tells him that he's been following him around because he stole the chocolate bean, three or four chocolate beans from Loompa Land. And, you know, he has, when somebody steals from a Loompa Loompa, they have to get it back tenfold. And um, so he's been collecting back all the chocolate he has owed because Wonka stole those chocolate beans. And um, so that's kind of an ongoing gag where the Oompa Loompa shows up and does that. And the Oompa Loompa then is following him onto the ship and saying that he's going to keep following him until he gets back all the chocolate he is owed. And oh, also before he... No. After. 
it's after. Um, so the Oompa Loompa's there following him. And that's when they find out that the ship has been rigged to explode. There's nobody else on it. Um, so they were trying to kill Willy Wonka, but he and the Oompa Loompa are find, find the dynamite and escape, jump off the ship. So then they have to swim back to shore. Um, and in the meantime, the chocolatiers have paid off the debts of all the adults who were in there who are helping Willy Wonka, but they actually paid to keep Noodle, the little girl, stuck in the chocolate shop forever. Or not the chocolate shop, the laundromat forever. Um, and so Willy Wonka comes back and his adult friends who have just been released help him get the girl out. And they go and get under the cathedral. And they're searching for the books and they find them. But the three chocolatiers show up just in the nick of time to catch them with the, with the books and force them into their hoard of chocolate underneath the cathedral. And they're going to drown them in the chocolate. But the Oompa Loompa actually comes down and saves the day um, because Willy Wonka owed him one more jar of chocolates and he gave it to the chocolatiers and asked them to please give it to the Oompa Loompa which they said that they would do to him, but then lied and laughed and ate all the chocolate themselves. So now the Oompa Loompa was going to steal back what he was owed by them. And he did that by draining the giant thing of chocolate that Willy Wonka and Noodle were going to be drowned in. Um, so they are able to escape. They're able to get the books. They're able to hand them off to the cops and not to the constable who is being bribed, but to the good cop who has been there kind of as a sidekick throughout the movie. And so the three chocolatier tycoons are going to be going to jail. And so is the constable and they're all arrested and everybody lives happily ever after. Um, well, no, they also end up going to arrest the, um, the lady and the guy who are running the laundromat for, they were the ones who ended, who actually were the ones who poisoned the chocolate that Willy Wonka used. So they got in trouble for poisoning chocolate. And then, Willie is able to find Noodle, the little girl's mom, who it turns out that her dad, what that she, the reason that the chocolatiers wanted her kept locked up is that she is an heir to the chocolate fortune of one of the, th of uh, one of the three chocolatiers. He had a brother who had a child before he died. And so he had taken the child and got hidden her away her mom thought she had died. He basically lied to the mom and told her that the baby died. But instead he had, you know, given her to the laundromat lady. And so they're able to reunite the mom and daughter, which is very sweet. You find out all the rest of the characters are, that you had are able to sort of reunite and get back into their old lives. The ones that were freed from the laundromat. And Willy Wonka goes off and buys his castle to turn into his chocolate factory and he convinces the Oompa Loompa, who's been following him around, he pays him off with one last jar of chocolate and then convinces him to come work in the chocolate factory and be his head of the tasting department for the chocolate, which you assume eventually leads to the Oompa Loompa bringing his friends, the rest of the Oompa Loompas, to come work in the factory where they can get all the chocolate they need to eat instead of having their, you know, one chocolate plant that doesn't grow very well in Loompa Land. And that is the end of the movie. They that Wonka is setting up his chocolate factory. Um, 
so like I said, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought most of it was very cute. I really loved that the Oompa Loompa did the little like Oompa Loompa Doompa Dee Doo song from the original movie. And I loved that there was um, the song Imagination comes up right at the end. He sings, starts singing it. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Um, but there are new lyrics to go with it. And it's about Noodle and her mom and all of that. And it's super cute. Oh, there's a whole other storyline I don't even think I got into about the fact that Willy Wonka is obsessed with chocolate because his mom raised him in um on a boat on a i don't know on a river somewhere and they saved up their money and got you know just enough chocolate for her to make him a hand homemade chocolate bar once a year and he loved it and it was the best chocolate in the world and he was going to learn how to make the best chocolate ever and then he had this thing that if that she had told him one time that, you know, he said that he had his dream that he was going to sell his chocolate in the chocolate capital of the world, which was the city that he ends up in. And she said that when he did, she would be right by his side. But then, you know, she dies soon later. She gets sick and dies soon. So he's an orphan. And um, so he has this dream that he's going to start up his chocolate shop so that his mom will be there. And, um, it's very sad and his mom obviously isn't there and that's part of why he's so depressed and almost gives up after his shop gets shut down but he ends up you know figuring out that it's not the ingredients to the chocolate it's the people you eat it with that make it the best chocolate ever and so he shares his the last chocolate bar his mom made him with all his friends from the laundromat and has a beautiful time with that so like I said, overall, if I take out my one big issue with the constable and the fat jokes, the rest of the movie is fabulous. I had a really great time. The music's fun. The storyline is ridiculous. The magic and fun is ridiculous. The stuff that I didn't even get into with the giraffe and the flamingos is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed myself. The only real gripe I have is the constable and the fat jokes. And I don't understand why they're in the movie. They add nothing to it plot-wise. I suppose they're supposed to be funny. I just did not find them enjoyable. And instead, they hurt my heart the whole time. And I found it very off-putting. And I wish they weren't in it. Because other than that, I love the movie so much. I think it's so great. But why did they have to put all these freaking fat jokes? Like, one after the other? It's ridiculous. Really bothers me. <laughs> So yeah, I think, I mean, that's my general thought of the movie. The music's cute. The rest of the storyline is fun. It's ridiculous and over the top makes no sense. You have to go in with this idea, kind of Alice in Wonderland style of your laws of physics have no rules, do not belong here. But I am fine with that in a movie. I love the whimsy and the craziness and like the ridiculousness. I love Alice in Wonderland. I love that kind of style of like, it doesn't matter whether this is possible or not. We're just saying it's happening. That's fine with me. Like he pulls random stuff out of his hat like he's Mary Poppins with a bag. Doesn't bother me at all. That is perfectly fine. So you have to go in with that understanding that this is a very whimsical, whatever, magical movie. 
But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And if you liked the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from the 70s, I think you'd like this one too. I think it has a very similar whimsical feel that I enjoy. Again, the one downside is actually a very similar downside that they have in the original movie. So maybe that's where they took it from, where they have Golak Augustus Gloop that they make fun of the whole time for being fat. And I don't like that in the original movie either. They have that big thing, and that's in the book too. So that's from the whole thing they have that. Um, so they have that in this movie too, and I, I, I dislike it. And I wish they didn't do that. But otherwise, if I can get that kind of out of my mind and ignore that, that specific character and those specific jokes around that specific character, I think it's a really fun movie and I had a good time. So let me know what you think. Contact info is in the description. I would love to hear if anybody has thoughts about that. Am I overreacting? Is... That phobia not real? Don't tell me that. Um, but let me know what you think. Is that is the movie good despite it or because of it? Or like where do you what do you think about that issue? Because that is where my mind is stuck on right now, having just watched it. Is on the fat phobia, fat joke stuff. And I would love to hear if anybody else caught it, if anybody else thought that about it, or if wasn't even something that phased you or you thought about. Let me know. In any case, that is all I've got for you today. Um, this is probably be my last episode for this year. Yay! It is um, it is about to be Christmas and then New Year's, which is all very exciting. And I'm going to be off on vacation and not doing any sort of podcasting of any kind. So everybody have a great holiday season, whatever holidays you are going to celebrate this year. And I will see you next year in 2024 with something. We'll figure it out. See you then. Bye.